Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Batman Universe Specials, the Villain Wall, episode 5. My name is Nick and today with me I've got Dastardly Dustin Hello. and Zealot Zack. How's everybody doing? And if you're new to uh, this special, what we do here is we argue over two particular Batman Universe villains and we're going to place them on my wall. We've got four categories, classic, B-list, absent, which has recently been changed from forgotten, and we've also got gone as well. And so these uh, two guys with me today are going to be debating over where two villains should be placed on this wall. So, the first villain that we're going to be looking at today is a character called Amygdala. Now, Zach, you can go first. And where would you like to place Amygdala on the wall? I'd like to place him on the gone status. And, Dustin, where are you going to place him? Honorable Judge, I will be placing this character in the absent category. Okay, Zach, the floor is yours. Please take it away. Thank you, Honorable Judge. Okay, so Aaron Helsinger, which is the character's real ego in Amiga Godella, who is his alter ego, his villain ego, was a popular character in the 90s when big muscular villains were popular. And to me, he really is a Bane ripoff. He was frequently used as a minion or pawn for the other Batman villains. Seriously, the ventriloquist quest figured out how to control this guy back in Nightfall. We know the character can become peaceful when medicated correctly, so that does simply just make him a threat when it is convenient for a writer. Is he truly a Batman villain, or is he just more of a Batman problem that has a solution? Also, the character lashes out against Batman due to rage or when he becomes angry. Uh, what is so fascinating about that? Because really, don't 10-year-old girls lash out when they become angry? The character doesn't have any real sort of motivation. For a character to be a good character, there have to be some sort of motivation, a reason for being in that story. I will agree that sometimes it's nice to see a villain for no reason, but that villain has usually been established at some point. Emmy Godilla never had his 15 minutes, and I don't think he ever will. This character isn't really much of a character, let alone a villain, and that's why, in my eyes, this guy is gone. Okay, thank you, Councillor Zach. And Dustin, you may now proceed. And just just remind us where it is you plan on placing him. I will be, as I mentioned, placing him in the absent category. Please take it away. Okay, so a couple things just to start with. Yes, Aaron Helsinger was known as Amygdala, and the word Amygdala comes from a actual medical term of a cluster of cells inside the brain, and the idea of it is if you remove this cluster, it helps uh, the patient's emotions one way or the other. This is very true of this character because this character actually came to be by having this cluster of cells removed from his brain to stop his homicidal range. Unfortunately, um, it uh, only increased his uh, rage after it was removed, and that's why he became the uh, villain that he was. My uh, colleague here has stated that it would that uh, this character is a Bane ripoff. Unfortunately, that is not possible because Aaron Helsinger was uh, first appeared in August of 1992, and Bane actually didn't appear until five months later in January of 1993. So it's impossible for this character to be a Bane ripoff. Yes, at the time there was a number of uh, villains that were hulking creatures per se, and this is one of the many that came out around that time frame. But uh, it 
it's definitely one of those characters where they might have thought of using this character, use the basis of this character to actually end up creating Bane down the line. It's also important to note that uh, both of these characters were created by separate people, so this character could have actually been used as a basis to create Bane, not the other way around. Yes, it is true that uh, Aaron Helsinger only needs a small solution to uh, reduce his homicidal rage, but... Then again, there's there are characters that are just like that too. We have Manbat, who with the antidote that brings him back to being a human, he's no longer Manbat. And to say that he's a pawn, well, to tell you the truth, there's a number of villains in Batman's world who don't really serve a whole lot of purpose other than to be a pawn of another villain. There's a large number of villains that we could argue like that. For instance, Arnold Wesker, the ventriloquist. A number of the B-list characters could also be argued for that. But the most important thing about this character is that he can't be gone because most recently, when Batman Arkham Asylum was announced and we saw screenshots, one of the first characters that people were thinking were in the game was this character, besides obviously the Joker. And that was because uh, we saw some screenshots of some hulking thugs that looked very blown up, looked like they were on some kind of uh, drugs of some sort, and all across message boards for Batman Arkham Asylum as well as comic books, uh, the fans were specifically mentioning this character as appearing in the game. Now, as it turns out, uh, the creators did not actually end up using this. They used a normal thugs who were hopped up on Venom from Bane. But the fact that fans in general were able to link this sc random screenshot with this character means this, this villain is definitely not gone. It's just absent. Thank you, Dustin. I think you made a very good point there about the... Uh rip-off of Bane. Uh, Councillor Zack, I recommend you do your research before coming into my court in the future. And, Councillor Zack, you've got one chance to retort now. I suggest you use it wisely. I will do. Let us recall the Nightwing series where Aaron Helsinger appeared as an ally to Dick Grayson. Other than Man-Bat, of all the other villains that have been reviewed on this show, have any of the classic B-list or forgotten villains been allies? Not really. The fact of the matter is that Helsinger isn't really legitimate. He has no real motivations. If his Amigadala was still intact, there's a good chance he'd just be a big teddy bear. And again, when I look at the gone status, I'm not just thinking about whether the character is appearing in the books or not. It's whether the character is making any kind of serious impact, or ever really did. And this character's lifespan of being intriguing was about five years in the early to mid-90s. And I was disproven about the Bane ripoff, yes, but as long as we still have Bane as a character around, is there a real use for this character? Probably not, because Bane has a much, much more intriguing backstory. He's much smarter than this character ever was. And this character, because it's his problem is medical, it can he can be cured. He can be controlled by Batman, in a sense. And great, good, or even often stupid villains that that can't happen. And that's ultimately why I feel like, because of his lack of impact, he's never had a real big story arc to his to his credit. Uh, I have to go with the fact that he's a gone villain. And Dustin, this is your final chance to put your case forward. A couple of things to retort to what my fellow colleague has said. Um, yes, Aaron Helsinger did appear numerous times in the 90s and hasn't had as many appearances. But let's also bring up that uh, during the 2008 miniseries Gotham Underground, which featured a number of different villains from Batman's rogues gallery, Amigdala did appear once again, and he was also part of Alexander Luther Jr.'s Secret Society of Supervillains during the Infinite Crisis storyline, which spanned over the entire DC Universe. In addition to that, there is a lot of different characters out there that 
we have put in the gone category who have never had any sort of media appearance. The fact that Amigdala has actually appeared in Justice League Unlimited means that someone thinks this character is worthwhile, even if it is just a giant brute who's hopped up and needs some kind of medicine to reduce his rage. In addition to that, it's hard to say that just because Amigdala uh, was an ally of Nightwing, that means that he shouldn't be a forgotten B-list, because the reality is there's a number of different characters who, at one point or time, have teamed with Batman or Batman's allies and are more well-known. I think my colleague here has actually proven my fact and the fact that Nightwing has decided to team up with this character. Given that, that actually puts him in the same category, puts him in a category of a higher status than many villains, but in a category along with Bane, Manbat, Riddler, and so forth and so on. So with that, this character is not gone. It is absent. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for that. I'll just now go into my, uh, my private room and deliberate. So after careful thought, I think um, some good good arguments have been brought forward here. I think Dustin's made some good points about that this character did team up with Nightwing. Whether that's beneficial or not to the character, you can make up your own mind. But in one sense, it possibly means they're not sure what to do with the character. And in another, maybe it means they wanted to give him more exposure and get a new dimension to the character. I think the fact he's had a media appearance is important as Dustin said I think it means someone clearly thinks this guy is worthy of of that appearance and we've had plenty of villains as Dustin said in the Goncast crew who have had no appearances of that nature Um, the fact that Dustin said people were thinking about Amygdala when Arkham Asylum came out personally to me tells me that he's still in the minds of a lot of fans out there and I don't think this character has disappeared yet so I will be putting Amygdala in the absent category Right, well, that was Amygdala. The next character that we'll be moving on to is one that a lot of people out there have heard of, one called Hush. Now then, uh, Dustin, you'll be going first this time. Can you please tell me where you plan on placing Hush on the wall? I will be placing Hush, Tommy Elliott, in the classic villain category. Okay, I think you've probably got a lot of people begging that you get this, you nail this one, so uh, no pressure. And uh, Zach, where are you planning on placing Hush? I'll be placing Hush in the B-list category, Judge. Okay, Dustin, please take it away. All right. Hush, uh, even though he has been around for less than a decade, this character can arguably probably be made as one of the characters that has the most impact in the shortest amount of time in the Batman universe. This character, like I said, has been around since 2002 when he first appeared in Batman number 609 in a story arc called Batman Hush. This story was basically DC's way of introducing a number of the DC Batman characters back to people and kind of a 
jump on point for a lot of fans starting to get back into comic books. DC decided not to just use the Joker or the Riddler or Penguin or some of the other classic villains, but to actually create a new villain who would, in fact cause utter chaos for Batman in his world. Now, we have seen this in the past uh, with the creation of Bane and the Nightfall storyline, and uh, Bane would be one of those characters has had a high impact on a character in a very short amount of time. The difference between Bane and Hush would be that Hush is uh, stuck around, and he's still around. Consistently over the past eight years since Hush's creation, Hush has appeared in a number of different story arcs, a number of different stories related specifically to him and his back history. One of the reasons this character belongs mostly in the classic villain category is because, in fact, this character has a very deep connection to Batman's backstory and history as a character. Bruce Wayne and Tommy Elliot grew up as children, and that's actually where kind of the Hush persona originated from, was from Tommy Elliot's dislike for Bruce Wayne. And that's actually what ended up creating him. There's actually no other villains that there are currently that you could actually link back to Bruce Wayne's early days as a child and say that the character has uh, had this long of a time frame. Let us also remember that Hush also uh, was one of the reasons that Jason Todd ended up returning. Now, whether or not you agree with the Jason Todd returning or not, it's besides the point. The fact is, the Hush storyline actually brought Jason Todd back to the DC Universe. Now, the one th- negative that Hush has had is he doesn't have any media appearances as of yet. He has appeared in Lego Batman as an unlockable character, and he has appeared as a bio f- in a bio form in Batman Arkham Asylum, but he's never actually been on on a TV show or in any movies. Do I think that does a disservice to the character? I think it does a disservice to the character because this character probably does deserve to be in a movie or TV show, and I'm sure that will happen in the future. One of the things that uh, a lot of people have talked about is possibly making a Hush direct-to-video movie of that storyline because it would be perfect for the DC animated universe, and every time talk of a new Batman animated movie comes up, people are always talking about doing a hush film. This character has consistently and repeatedly since its creation in 2002 been front and center in the Batman universe. And not many characters can say that they've actually been front and center for eight years since they were created. So that is why I will be placing Hush in the classic category. Thank you, Dustin. I think you put a strong case forward there. And Zach, now it's your chance to respond to that. Thank you, Honorable Judge. My astute colleague used Bane as a comparison to Hush. However, he said that Hush has stuck around in comparison to Bane. Last time I checked, he'll be appearing in this upcoming live-action film by Christopher Nolan and having appeared in Batman and Robin. Whether we'd like to forget that or not is your opinion. But I just want to throw that out. Also, he made a point to mention that uh, Hush brought Jason Todd, in a way, back into the comics. However, the Jason Todd we saw in Hush was Clayface. I just also want to make that point. I will not disagree that Tommy Elliot has without a doubt become one of the most popular and frequently used villains in the last 10 years. There's no argument there. Why would someone consider him to be a classic villain? That's a question that bothers me, I guess, a little bit. I'm confused by it. First off, one of my main problems with Hush has always been the origin of his character and how the character was introduced and they not that may not be the fault of the character itself but its creators so basically as mentioned elliot is a childhood friend of bruce wayne who was born into a wealthy family 
There are lots of characters that follow the wealthy family MO. Black Mask, the Penguin, who both came before Hush, who I consider to be classic villains. The idea that Tommy Elliot is so jealous and so evil as a child that he attempts to kill his parents, I think is a little too diabolical for logical human beings. Yes, it's comics, but even so. And because his mother didn't die, but suffered for so long, Tommy Elliot blames Bruce Wayne. Okay, hey, you tried to kill her once, why didn't you why didn't you do it again? Where's the logic in blaming Bruce Wayne? See, as intriguing as Tommy Elliot is, his character isn't concrete. The reasons why he is a villain really don't make much sense. The other thing is, is Hush's greatest success, which ultimately ended in his defeat, is trying to destroy Batman psychologically by bringing back Jason Todd and recreate the moments of Barbara Gordon's situation and the demise of Sarah Essence. Here's the problem with, with all of that, that great scheme was. Hush didn't have anything to do with those events. The Joker killed all those people. Hush's storyline and his M.O. prominently through all these years has been using everybody else to get his work done. And to me, that is very reminiscent of a B-list villain. He reminds me in some ways of a cheesy Bond villain. Hush seems to also be that villain that is supposed to somewhat mirror Bruce Wayne and what he could have been. But again, a classic villain, Harvey Dent Two-Face, really is already that perfect reflection. Other characters fill those attributes that Hush brings. Hush, as always, also made a lot of enemies within the villain circle. And this isn't because he is a threat, it's because he has attempted to foil the other villains, but they ultimately have caught on and defeated him. Harvey Dent is a perfect example of that from the original Hush storyline. And I would also say that really since Heart of Hush, the character is beginning to travel down that out-of-story-ideas roads, meaning that yes, he is a genius and a surgeon, but ultimately Hush is too one-dimensional, and it'll end with him making fewer and fewer appearances in the future. And that's why I feel like, yeah, he's made all these appearances in less than 10 years, but I think the character is starting to, to burn out a little bit. And Hush isn't strong enough to work alone and stop Batman. He's always having to team up or use other characters to make an attempt, and he really has never succeeded. Also recently in Red Hood Lost, days that we learned that Hush learned who Batman was from Jason Todd, not on his own, which I think takes away from that character's brilliance in some way. And while he's a good character, I, th- I only think he is a good quality B-list villain. Thank you, Zach. I think you said that very well. Now, Dustin, you've got one final chance to make your statements before I decide where Hush is going to be placed, so please take it away. Okay, my esteemed colleague has made a point to say that I compared Tommy Elliot to Bane. Now, let's keep in mind that Bane is, in fact, he came around. He was only around for about four years before he disappeared until years and years later when he reappeared during Infinite Crisis as a very minor character and then was introduced into the Secret Six, and that's the only reason the character was brought back. So, Hush has, in fact, had a much longer run as a main villain in in the Batman comics, longer than any other character out there that uh, has that that was just created. Uh, even the Joker uh, made an appearance when he first appeared. Was not a very big Batman villain until years later, and then years after that the character is what it is now as Batman's most formable foe. In addition to that, uh, yes, Jason Todd in the Hush storyline was in fact Clayface, but also as my esteemed colleague presented, Jason Todd was the person who told Tommy Elliot that Batman's identity was in fact Bruce Wayne. I don't think that this takes anything away from Tommy Elliot. I think this actually probably does more because Tommy Elliot was smart enough to figure out something, or it could be put that Jason Todd was looking for somebody, but the fact that Hush was no 
nobody at the time, and the fact that Jason Todd specifically sought out Tommy Elliot and helped him in this plot that he was creating says something about the fact that Jason Todd believed that Tommy Elliot was worth a formidable foe for Batman. In addition to that, the fact that Hush uses a number of other villains to do his dirty work, per se, I think actually works in the advantage of making this a classic villain. The fact that he uses other characters, some of which we would actually consider classic villains, as Pawns himself, to me, would make it seem as if he has basically made these other villains submit to him um, in one way or another. Mostly by the fact that Tommy Elliot, for a long period of time, was very wealthy and had a lot of money, and his money could just pay off some of these classic villains to work for him. Comparing Tommy Elliot to Bruce Wayne and saying, oh, that's already been done as far as with Harvey Dent, I don't think it's the same. Literally, Tommy Elliot and Bruce Wayne were brought up in the same wealth, in the same fashion, with the same things. The difference was that Tommy Elliot didn't like his parents, and Bruce Wayne did like his parents. That was the the, the difference between them. This character is not at all similar to Harvey Dent's upbringing, and because of that, it's only to say that this character is probably more closely related to Bruce Wayne more so than Harvey Dent. Yes, Harvey Dent does have the split personality where he could be good, he could be evil. But for the most part, Hush has been pretty straightforward evil. I mean, someone who wants to kill their parents as a child is pretty evil in comparison to someone who gets brought up right and ends up having a split personality that is uh, let out to the world after a horrible accident. So I think with that, that means that despite the fact that this character has been around for very a very short amount of time and maybe on a uh, may going may be going into a breaking period, as my colleague has stated. That is nothing. That is n- that's nothing different than any other classic villain who's had time off. Uh, the Joker, for instance, has had very very minor roles in the comic books over the past ten years, and hasn't had a whole lot of things been going on. But that doesn't mean the character goes away. So that makes this character, in my book, a classic villain. Okay, Zach, one final chance. Let's see what you got. Okay, just to retort some of my colleague's statements. First off, the whole comparing Two-Face and Hush as the better reflection to Bruce Wayne Batman. Here's the difference. Nothing tragic happened in Tommy Elliot's life. Everything that was bad that happened to the character was all premeditated by the character. Harvey Dent did not premeditate his tragic event in becoming Two-Face. Bruce Wayne did not premeditate the murder of his parents. There's where Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne connect. Both were hit with a tragic event and how they responded to it is what makes them the perfect reflection. Hush becoming Hush was all something that was inevitable. He was always a bad guy. He was always he was a bad kid. He was always going to be bad. And that's why I think the character, for one thing, is extremely stereotypical. That's just a point I want to make. Also comparing when the Joker came about in the comics to when Hush was introduced and how Hush stuck around in much better than the Joker did initially. We have to remember when Hush was introduced, he was introduced along with the support of every other Batman character in the universe at the time. And that's a trend that we've seen consistently over the years. Hush never carries arcs by himself. You know, there's always three or four or even five more villains that are somehow playing a role in that story. And comparing that to the Joker, for a long time, the Joker could carry an entire story arc on his own where he was the only villain and that was satisfying for the reader. And I think that's something that Tommy Elliot lacked. So I think that is something that keeps him from being a classic villain. And that's why I think comparing the Joker is completely unfair to not only Hush, but also the Joker. 
let me also say, to be a classic villain, I think you have to be mainstream. And the problem with Tommy Elliot is, is that he strictly exists within the comics, meaning the comic book community, I think, is the only community that is really familiar with him. I don't think the general mass audience knows who this character is because this character has no media appearances. He's had two brief little cameos in Batman Arkham Asylum and Lego Batman. And I think in order for these characters to be classic, they have to be well-known all around by all the different mass media audiences. And Hush just isn't at this point. The other thing is, is he made the point of counteracting my statement about using other villains, and in some way that makes him even stronger. That worked in the initial Hush storyline. I don't, I don't recall reading very many other Hush stories since then where so many villains trusted him. And ultimately, I think he got the wrong end of the stick in that story. Tommy Elliot is predictable. He is a surgeon, so he uses his medical knowledge. He uses what he knows. What is Hush's motivation for being a Batman villain? He's seeking vengeance, and he wants his revenge. And as I said, his revenge doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But because the character is a villain, especially a Batman villain, we know as readers that Hush is never going to be satisfied. He's never going to succeed. He's never going to get his revenge. The death of Batman, the killing of Bruce Wayne. And we all know that DC will never let that happen. So Hush can be used to tell interesting and intriguing stories, but ultimately he isn't going to to make an everlasting impact. Revenge is a common motivation for villains, and I love revenge driven characters. In superhero comics where a villain seeks revenge on a hero that has been around for 70 years, who is arguably the most popular pulp hero of all time, that villain can only be so compelling and so successful, or not so successful. Hush is a schemer, a manipulator. He comes up with elaborate schemes to defeat Batman, and he ultimately is too smart for his own good. But since his inception in 2003, he hasn't been around very long, even though he's made, I think, close to almost 100 appearances. Every move Hush makes, the Batman and the Bat family can counter. And I think someday this character can reach classic status, but I think he hasn't reached that point as of today. And so that's why I place him in the B-list category. Okay, gents, I think you can both be proud of uh, what you put forward today. I think you've both got a fighting chance. Let me go to my quarters and, uh, and make the decision. I think, first of all, this is easily the biggest and most controversial discussion that we've had on the Villain Wall episode so far. And I think some great points have been made. Firstly, the fact he's only been around a decade, maybe not even a decade, um, is interesting. I don't know how many classic villains we're going to get in this uh, on our Villain Wall who have been around for that short time who managed to get classic status. That is against him already. One other thing to remember is that Bane, who we talked about in a previous episode, was put as a classic villain. I think that is something that should be considered when I'm making this decision. Um, I think some good points were made about Hush having a deep connection to Batman. Uh, he had a moment that changed the DC Universe involving Jason Todd. But he is missing a media appearance. Um, at least Bane had that in several forms. Uh, Hush does not have one. And you start to wonder, if you ask someone on the street, do you know who Tommy Elliott or Hush is? They might not know. So is the character strong enough? Zack clearly doesn't think so. And he's pointed out all the faults with him, as we've seen in his plan. He uses others. He influences others. He has power over them. But on his own, is he strong enough? 
without those classic villains? Is he a character that's interesting enough to to read about? Another concern of mine is, is he running out of energy? What happens if we did this in 10 years' time? Is he declining? That's something that's worried me. Obviously, in 2002, uh, several years after that, he was massive. I think he's been in decline since then. I think he's now, you know, he's, he's been struggling a bit for good stories, personally. So this is a really tough one, easily the toughest one we've had and I've decided that I'm going to place Hush in the B-list category mostly because as I mentioned Bane was in the classic category but I think he had a massive effect on the Batman stories I don't think Hush has had quite as big an effect and I also think he's in decline send your hate mail okay well thank you ladies and gents of the jury for being with us for probably our most controversial and biggest character yet next time we're going to be looking at two more characters they will be the Great White Shark, and Clayface. So look forward to them next time. If you'd like to contact us at all, please send us an email to podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net and we'll get back to you. Maybe you've got a suggestion for a villain or maybe you'd like to come on here and defend one yourself. We always like to hear from you, so please do send us a message. Please join us again at the Halls of Justice for our next episode. I've been Nick. This is Dustin. And I've been Zach. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Villain Walls. See you next time. See ya. Take care. Court adjourned. Right, so are you guys ready to go? Got your briefcases and folders in front of you? Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Do you, you realize I don't prep for this at all? Oh, I do. This is all on the fly for me. I'm just that good. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, Some of us aren't as gifted. All right. I'll tell you, I've got a feeling, Zach, that they're going to hate both of us after they hear this one. Uh, you know, if they that hate me... That rise from the ashes. <laughs> For screwing Bane over. Just a. Uh... I actually have no problem with losing this one. It's when I win this upcoming one okay. that we'll see. We'll, we'll, see. we'll, we'll be see. we'll be laughing. We'll, see. we'll be laughing. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Do, do you think it's uh, safe to say that Hush might be the most uh, controversial one we've done so far? It probably will be, especially yeah, well, I... uh, depending on how exactly you go about your ruling. Uh, I think I'll, I think I'll wait. I'll wait till Zach starts talking. Actually, actually, let's do it now. Don't worry about Zach. Don't worry <laughs> about you, man. My astute colleague used Bane as a comparison to Hush, but let me just remind everyone listening that. Okay. Okay. Real quick, before I think, before you do what I think you're going to do, do not. I hope you're not going to bring up the fact that we that I argued Bane in a different category. No. Please tell me you're not gonna do okay. Because I didn't I, I got screwed with the category I had to do for Bane. Just saying. Sorry. I mean, do I don't know, know why you have another another out another outburst like that, Dustin, and you're out of it. <laughs> you're gonna be held in contempt, my friend. Okay. Now please please continue. Was, so, Sorry for that interruption. Okay. Uh, I'm a little rattled. Anybody have any water? Um Let me just what was I gonna say?
God damn it. Excellent. He's a dirty, <laughs> underhanded tactics, Dustin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know one of my personal favourites? The Condiment King. <laughs> oh, is that the, the, the mustard? That's the guy who shoots, <laughs> yeah, he shoots ketchup and mustard. <laughs> I remember that episode. Of, um, right. Anyway. God damn it, man. You're always cutting me out. It's like... Haven't I learned... Okay. Tommy Elliott is a very... Funny feeling Dustin might not be in the next one. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) I see how it is. (laughs) So rude. My goodness. Also, as I mentioned, Hush can never do... What the f*** is going on? Is somebody playing rollerball in their their bedroom? I'm not even talking here. Why don't you just continue? Stop stop prolonging the in- inevitable. You're like moving filing cabinets across your across your room. Yes, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to place Hush in the You want a 15 minute recess? <laughs> um, I'm gonna place him in. <laughs> no matter what we do, it's gonna be. It's not really gonna make a difference. Yeah, I mean, someone's gonna uh, like. You could just adjourn court right now, and we don't have to answer. Yeah. Him leaving on a cliffhanger. Hey, hey, Dustin. How does that feel? How does that feel? <laughs> well, I think a lot of people are going to actually... I think a lot of people think he is a classic villain. Yeah, so do I. Um, so. <laughs> no, he means he thinks a lot of people also think he's a no, classic villain. No, that's not what he meant. We're keeping that in there. 